Well, let's go out and get old dad some glasses. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Jamie, and Al. Welcome back. It's Wednesday, and we are in the nudie bar. This is a special time to be in the nudie bar because Al is headed there this episode. So they sent a special guest over in honor of this episode. And I'm looking right now. It's it's Raymond Burr. Wow, that's awesome. Look, guys, Raymond Burr is here in the nudie bar. I thought it was Delta Burke. Well, listen, that's an honest mistake. <laughs> I look like neither of those people, though I would look like Perry Mason. He was gorgeous. <laughs> or at least my grandmother says so. By the way, my name is Al. I'm Jamie. I, I never knew there was this much action on Designing Women. And I'm Jerry, and I get more chicks than my friend who was a dry cleaner. No, oh, I bet, man. It's the glasses. No, it's the podcast. Is it? Oh, yeah, chicks dig guys on this show, man. I don't know. Last time I said I was like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes I jump on the Mary with Children podcast. They asked me to examine their shoe. Huh, well, they figured you might be a shoe expert. That's all. Yeah, it's all good. So we are reviewing If I Could See Me Now, Season 6, Episode 7. Al gets glasses and only wishes they were rose-colored. Director Amanda Burst for the first time, her directorial debut, Marcy Darcy herself. Writer Gabrielle Topping, original air date, October 27th, 1991. Special guest stars Robert Fieldstill as Wally, Gene Bean Baxter as TV announcer, the guy with the sports stuff. Well, this is his, what, second appearance? Yes. This Our second voice appearance? Yes, he was also in Oldies But Youngins as the guy who was like, a lot of people probably think that the name of this song is Anna. Or go with him. <laughs> I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> the title of this episode is a reference to the song If My Friends Could See Me Now from the musical Sweet Charity, which in its 2005 Broadway revival would star Christina Applegate. Whoa. I believe she won awards for that, too. I, I know she got some more awards for performing in certain music videos. Oh, the uh, Gutter Cat? Yeah, yeah. Think she got best bimbo? She was great in the Gutter Cats video, I gotta say. When she was chained up to that fence, wow. And not for the first time. Nah, it's not the first time somebody walked away either. I can't believe she could be chained up and still pull off a Bundy bounce. <laughs> so yeah, Kelly Bundy, uh, Christina Applegate herself, got a Tony from doing that Broadway. Oh, I wish my name was Tony. <laughs> yeah, so she can get you. Yeah, it'd be the only way that's going to happen. <clears throat> Pretty much. No offense. As God is my witness, I will never drive anyone in this family any place ever again. <laughs> All I get from your complaints, I think you kids are nuts. I didn't think it was scary. 
Get some glasses, Dad. For the thousandth time, I do not need glasses. You're overreacting. Ask anyone. Fine. Buck? (laughs) So... The kids are freaked out by how Al drives. Their hair tells the whole story. Now, this is actually a good look for Kelly. It looks like she's very disheveled, like she's like uh, she just got out of bed. Yeah, Bud looks like a racer head. Uh, I was going to go with Wayne Static of Static X, but Eraserhead's very solid. Wow, how uh, strange you mention Eraserhead, because that's all about the baby he had. Uh, which was not n- normal. And also links to why Peggy is not in this episode. Because this is the first in her, like, three or four episode run that she's not in the show. Katie Seagal, you know, she's been pregnant this whole time. And by October, she's eight months pregnant. She had a stillbirth. Now, the one thing I do know is that the stillbirth occurred on October 13th, so I'm not sure why she wasn't in this episode, you know, being taped on October 11th. You know, it doesn't seem right making fun of Dad without Mom. Well, she was in a food coma when we left, so she should be awake soon. I'm hungry! (laughs) I don't really know all the details about her voice off-screen, like... Could she have said that? I was thinking they could have just used a clip from a previous episode because there have been so many times, right. especially this season, when you just hear, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Right. I was thinking that, too. It sounded weird, though. So it sounded like it really wasn't a real voice. And it was just like a, like you're saying. That's what because they had to play it for the live audience, you know? So- Man, it's really weird. She's not in this episode for baby related reasons. Marcy isn't in this episode because Amanda Burst is directing. It doesn't Jefferson mention her being pregnant? Yeah, yeah. Very odd. So they didn't drop the storyline of these two being pregnant yet. There's some lines in this episode, too, particularly when Christina Applegate, she has that whole speech about Al and his Dodge and stuff like that, and that was, like, totally a line that was definitely probably written for Peg. Kelly being the only woman on the show at this point, they just gave it to her, you know? So you could definitely see signs that Peg was supposed to be here. I'm telling you, I do not need glasses. My vision was checked in the fourth grade, and it's perfect. Then how come you missed that big sign? One sign, Bridge and Zier Street. No, that was bridge ends here, Dad. <laughs> now, Alex, you don't wear glasses, right? I, man, it's funny you say it. Like, earlier this year, I went to the movies. And we sat, you know, we couldn't get really great seats because we were a little late. So... Because you were doing your hair? <laughs> now I have a heat brush now. It's very fast. <laughs> so, um, my friend next to me put glasses on, and I never saw them with glasses. So I said... Wow, I didn't know you wore glasses. And they said, just for distance. And I said, yes, so do I. But mine are from 2001. So I said, so I don't think that they're up to date. I probably have to get newer ones. So, you know, things still get better with distance with my glasses. But, um, and I really never wear them. I wear them like 5% of my life. And usually just when I watch TV. I said, let me see your glasses. So I put this girl's glasses on 
I swear to God, it's like I've never seen anything before. <laughs> so you had a legit Al Bundy moment. Literally. It was almost that different. Wow. You, you wouldn't believe the the detail that is in a movie theater screen. <laughs> well, uh, I wear glasses so that I would know the detail. But the thing I thought was funny is, is he said he hasn't had his eyes checked since fourth grade. As someone who <laughs> has been wearing glasses since like third grade, I think. You have to get your eyes, like, checked almost every year, and you have to upgrade your glasses, you know, every two to three years because after two years, your glasses are just not strong enough. Like, I haven't had my glasses done in, like, three years, and, uh, can't like, I had to get up to the screen to properly make sure that Steve was not in this episode. Really? Even with my glasses on. I can't believe you mentioned Steve. I found a way to shoehorn that in there somewhere. <laughs> Jamie, do you believe this? I was just waiting to see how it would happen. <laughs> uh, they don't call me Jerry Bartholomew Rhodes Herring for nothing. Jerry Bartholomew Rhodes. Yeah, Dan could not make it to this show. He needs glasses, apparently, and he, he didn't see the sign that said, uh, Bridgen says here. <laughs> so <laughs> he drove into the river. So he couldn't make it to this episode. There's a chance he saw it. Part he saw it just fine and did it on purpose. He gunned it anyway. <laughs> uh, he was gonna join Bosco. <clears throat> you know it's weird you say that because on the computer screen here at the nudie bar, when you turn it on, it's always a different image. That's how my computer is. They give you like mountains or like the Grand Canyon or whatever. So <clears throat> this morning when I turned the computer on, it was it was the sea and there was a big turtle swimming in the ocean. <laughs> How weird is that? And I, of course, I was going to tell you guys, and then Jerry just brings this up. But yeah, that's my story with glasses. So I'm sort of like Al. I haven't upgraded my glasses in uh, 18 years. God, I, I am so I can't see a thing. I have to. It is so pathetic. Um, we play a lot of video games, and I have to get Brian. Like right now, we're we're playing Outward, which is a new game, a new. RPG that just came out that is actually has like a two person mode. You can do couch co-op, which is really exciting. I have to get him to read everything. I I can't see anything. And we have a huge TV and I'm like, what does that say? What is that? What did I just pick up? What? So the only other option is I have to sit on the floor in front of the TV you know, like I'm 13 again or something. <laughs> Except yeah. when I was 13, my TV was like 20 inches. And <laughs> I sat on the floor and played. Well, you had to do that, yeah. It's so, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm in the same boat. I just kind of, I'm I'm playing uh, this RP, action RPG called Odin Spear Left Thouser or something. And like, I I just guess by shapes now. Right? <laughs> like, I'm oh just, I'm just guess by shape. And I'm just sitting there. And it was funny because last night, because uh, I, I watched the episode before I went to work, went to work, came home, and I'm playing it, and I was just like, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna have a Bundy moment real quick, and I took off my glasses, and I was just like, I don't care how pretty the world looks blurry, I could not live like Al Bundy, and I put my glasses right back on. Daddy, I have never been so scared in my life. I thought I was gonna die. Worse than that, I thought I was going to die with my family. How uncool is that? Well, we didn't go all the way into the river. Close enough to hear the fish hacking. Come on, Daddy, why don't you just break down and get some glasses? I mean, what are you afraid of? 
All it says is that you're blind and old. <laughs> Dad's not old. I mean, he can still do everything he used to. See him sitting there? Just like when we were babies. Way to go, Dad. And it never occurred to anyone here that I read Bridge Ends Here Just Fine and floored it anyway. Let's, uh point out two things one uh you could hear the fish hacking in that river because it's so polluted and uh two what they do here with al bundy and this whole eyesight and his moments of putting them on and off you do realize i'm sure everybody does they're doing the old tv sitcom bit where a story about a character in a particular episode they have stories where characters suddenly need glasses and then all of a sudden, we start seeing all these examples of how they can't see anything, yet they were completely fine in all the episodes prior to this. Al read things all the time. He looked at TV, knew what he was seeing. This has never been an issue. And yet, suddenly, just because he needs glasses in this episode, now he's blind as a bat. And that's an old joke that, you know, they do whenever they have to, like, put a story in like this. And it's the kind of thing that you just let slide because it's just like, you know, whatever. Jan Brady was um, a really good example of that. When she had to get glasses on the, the Brady Bunch, for anyone who doesn't get that reference, which I hope to God there's nobody out there who doesn't. But What's um, the Brady Bunch? <laughs> What's the Brady Bunch? She was just fine. There was never any anything until the episode when she had to get glasses and then it and i'm wondering if eve plum in real life had to get glasses and that's and so they had to write it into the show because she'd be wearing glasses from that point on yeah they didn't have contacts back then right they did but they were very thick and cumbersome and very difficult to work with and painful to wear and they only had hard contacts so it wasn't very common i will say i really did like, even though, yeah, this is one of those episodes where, like, but he's never needed him before and he'll never need him after. But I will say I love the way they handled it without wanting to just go back to his miserable life that he can't now see how miserable it is. I thought the the ongoing jokes of right. him not being able to see something and then how he actually, when he has to, like, really see the world, how bad, like, when he talks about how ugly his car is. Right. So and and then the so the way they wrap it up and it was just brilliantly done from a writing standpoint, especially when you go in being fine with the fact that it is not going to have any anything to do with episodes before or episodes after. It's a it's a standalone universe episode just for the jokes. Yeah, and they did really encapsulate it. Yeah, and you know I mean I like it when they do that when they do it well, and I think here they did it well, and also. I really enjoyed this one because it's the first one in a long time where we haven't had to deal with the damn baby. Oh, that was so nice, wasn't it? The only thing was in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I hope they do some grand. And I actually said this to myself. I hope they do some Grandmaster B stuff because I really do love that that yeah. sideline. And um, and then they did. And it wasn't a lot like it wasn't a main focus, but it was just enough to bring it in, which I thought was cool. Mm hmm. And back on uh, back when I was on the show, uh, I remember we would talk a lot about like if the joke is good enough, we don't care if it makes no sense in the series or even in the episode. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's that good, 
will will accept anything. And this is an episode of that's so good will accept anything, as we'll see with the door. Oh God, yeah. So Al confused Delta Burke for Raymond Burr on the TV Guide. Honest mistake. Yeah, I'm offended by this <laughs> atrocity to Raymond Burr. He has lived through a Godzilla attack on Tokyo, and Al Bundy needs to uh, recognize that, or he, or Perry Mason will see him in court. Yeah, but the, by this point, he was Ironside, and you know, and very wide. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Because although he always had really broad shoulders, you know, even in um, like he was just wide. You know, he always like even in the Godzilla, like his. Yeah. I don't know if he. I guess he wore shoulder shoulder pads or something in his suits. I have no idea. But he always looked so incredibly wide, and it made his head look tiny. Yeah, that's true, especially and and he has those um eyes that always look like he has not slept in days. Yeah. Oh, I got those. <laughs> You know, well, yours are from though, editing. His is probably from cocaine use. As I remember thinking, when I was a kid, I used to watch Perry Mason every day. And because you're from the South, and everyone in the South watches courtroom dramas. <laughs> well, no, because it used to come on every day at like 11 in the summer, and I'd be home, and my grandmother would be making lunch, and so I would watch Perry Mason on and TV. And your grandmother well, follows the Southern laws, and she knows uh, it was her <laughs> legal obligation. That's true. Um, and I used to, I used to think he was attractive, you know, but then you watch him in like rear window and he's like ominous and scary. Um, and that really confused me as a kid. I'm like, why is he so scary? Yeah. Cause he, <laughs> he used to play the heavy and almost, he was typecasted as a heavy up until Perry Mason. Right. Yeah. And that's when that's, that, that then sort of came to define him for, I guess, like a whole generation and that's what everyone knew him as you know what's interesting me is uh was it the da on perry mason the hamilton burger you realize his name is hamburger mm, burger i was a kid and wow. i was like and his name is and they kept calling him hamilton burger and i'm like his name is hamburger you know he just gets mad at people that calls him hamburgers who he's like the name is hamilton yeah. thank you very much <laughs> yeah and then I decided that when I grew up, I was going to have twins because, you know, when you're a kid, you think you get to decide those things. I'm like, I'm going to have twins and I'm going to name them and I'm going to marry a man named Burger and I'm going to name them Hamilton and Cheeseboro so that individually they could be hamburger and cheeseburger and put them together and they could be ham and cheese. Like whenever they're they're both in the same room, they're ham and cheese. Oh, my God. I now, I was, I now understand why kids aren't allowed to make decisions. Because <laughs> wouldn't that be the best? Because Jamie just literally said like the most uh, Kelly Bundy thing right. ever. <laughs> I think I've ever heard. I want to name my kids Ham and Cheese, <laughs> or Hamilton and Cheeseboro, if you want to be fancy about it. I'm just trying to figure out where you got Cheeseboro from. That I don't, sounds like the you know, that sounds like the city mayor McCheeseburger is from. <laughs> I honestly have no idea where that came from, especially since I was like six, six or seven years old when I made that decision. I have no idea where I got that, but I just mean, name him Danchez. It literally sounds like <laughs> when and when when Bud used to convince Kelly to use theme songs for her school projects. 
It literally sounds like you went to Bud to ask questions, and he was like, it's a Mer Butler, just to mess with you. And you were like, okay. <laughs> wow. I, just, I think that's pretty impressive logic for a very young child, you know? Hey, I'm really impressed by the creation of Cheeseboro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I can't wait to see the essay Kelly does on that. Well, you know who wolfed down plenty of cheeseburgers? Is Delta Burke, and she's famous oh. f- for uh, she's famous for designing women. Now, Susan Sugarbaker was my hero for a very long time. Wait, Sugarbaker? Susan Sugarbaker. I think it's another name Jamie made. As no, that was the name. That was her character's name in the show. Suzanne Sugarbaker from 1986 to 1991, designing women, and then. Uh, she came back. Suzanne Sugarbaker, actually, only her character, I guess she got, like, her own show. It was called Women of the House. And it was just about her. I've never seen an episode of Designing <laughs> Women. At best, I've seen Bride of Frankenstein. Are you kidding? How are you Southern and you've never seen Designing Women? You seriously have to watch some of it. Because well, let me tell you, Dixie Carter, mm-hmm. um, look up just Dixie Carter, um... Like losing her, I'm not losing her. Like Dixie Carter on the Warpath or something like that on YouTube, and and you'll see or um, Julia Sugarbaker. This, um, this this joke will probably get edited out, but uh, my family was so deep Southern Baptist, women weren't allowed to run a show. Oh, uh, makes sense. Yeah, so. we barely got to watch Mama's Family. <laughs> wow, oh, man, That's like so it was horrible. Yeah, they were deep Southern. Like she also Delta Burke also had another show. That she and it was it had nothing to do with designing women, but later after she left designing women, she had a show called Delta. De- I don't what, I don't remember what it was called. Delta Airlines. Actually, yeah, this is either going to be a, a, a weird Die Hard sequel or a Camp Sorority movie. <laughs> and I'm not sure which one. <laughs> so Al's using a banana, thinking it's remote control, and that again. You know, he's used remote... I do that all the time. What's wrong with that? So that's that's a joke, I guess. Um, Gee, you guess. <laughs> if they say so. If the audience chuckles, I have... It's a great visual joke, but you can't tell me, you can't tell the difference between a remote control and a banana. But once again, the visual joke is so funny, I'll let it slide. Now, where's my remote control? <laughs> Glasses, eh? <laughs> the hell's wrong with this thing now? You know, it doesn't seem right making fun of Dad without Mom. Well, she was in a food coma when we left, so she should be awake soon. I'm hungry. <laughs> yep, right on time. Well, I guess it's time for a trip on down to Cake and Cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all you get of Peg. As we said, it's because of her stillborn baby. Uh, who she named Ruby already, because they already bought all the furniture and painted Aww. the room. Yeah, because, you know, it was the eighth month. So That's sad. <clears throat> yep, she was 38 years old at the time. No, I mean the name. That's a sad name. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's not Cheeseburger. But she did go on to have other children, right? Yeah. She has children. Okay. Her husband is named Jack in, in real life at this time. 
she has to have children because I, I think there's an ongoing fight between her and um, uh, uh, D. Wallace to see who's played the most moms ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, Al starts watching The Facts of Life and sings along to the song, which is a total uh, – it's a character flaw because he's, he's sitting there enjoying enjoying the song, singing along to it uh, like he's enjoying it. However, in later episodes, they show that Al absolutely despises that theme song and even wishes death on whoever wrote it. You know, it's 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 when you hate something so much, it turns out you're secretly into it. It's your guilty pleasure that you have to hide from everyone. It's like it's like a gay basher who's secretly gay and he just. Yeah, yeah, I was going to go that route, but I. I... Oh, it's OK. We're not PC here. But yeah, it, it's 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 for sure one of those things where like you hate it so much and you bash it and then you but you secretly love it. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that I that I have like that. that well, I'm like when you attack a girl just because you know you can never get her. Oh yeah, I know. I'm I, at some point. I'm sure Jamie's gonna figure out I'm the one putting those letters in her mailbox. <laughs> huh. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we have 1,300 people now on our Facebook group page. If you're not there, you're probably the only one. So join today. And also we have an Instagram. If you're not there, you're probably square. Be there or square. And we also have an Instagram, so join that. <clears throat> and Twitter, which nobody seems to want to join. I love how in this day and age... We have 1,300 people on Facebook, which is supposedly like a dinosaur place, and yet Twitter, well, that's not really the happening thing either, but we have Instagram, and nobody goes there either, so I don't really get it, but we're, everyone, like, if we had a MySpace page, it'd probably have like 5,000 people on it, I guess, right? By this logic? Yeah, we'll just get an Angel Fire website done. Yeah, Angel Fire. <laughs> then everybody will be on it, because apparently that people only join the most outdated stuff here. Yeah. Join the Facebook. I spend a lot of time approving your requests as fast as they come in. Hmm. Hit me up on ICQ. <laughs> Damn remote. Kids, get me some batteries while you're out. Hey, is, uh... Is, uh, is Al busy? Well, he's been spending a lot of time thinking about man's ultimate place in the universe. You take the good, you take the bad. The facts are The facts are He must be on a break. Hi, Al. I'm sorry to bother you. I thought maybe we'd catch a ball game or something. I'm not allowed to watch sports at home. Marcy feels it's a bad influence on the fetus. Mm. What's she watching? Chippendale's video. <laughs> Hold up. First of all, who goes around calling it a fetus? <laughs> That's a good point. Like, first of all, you sound like a serial killer, okay? That does not sound like what Jefferson would say. And, but he might be exactly quoting Marcy because I could see Marcy being super, like, medical and she right. thinks it makes her sound fancy to say fetus. And I'm like, no, this is, literally sounds like you trying to put hooks into someone's flesh for peeping again. You just Ooh. sound like a serial killer. Yeah, you're right. Wouldn't you say it's bad for the baby? Like, why would you refer to it as fetus? Yeah, it's weird. But she's over there jamming with Chip and Dale videos. Now, 
Now, this is not the chipmunks, you know. Ch -ch -chip and Dale. Oh, it's, oh, it's not. No, she's not watching cartoons for the babies. Ch Chip and Dale's was an old... It might still exist, but it was like it an does. old... Oh, it does? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Jamie knows. Yeah, Jamie's like, oh, it does. <laughs> it, it opens at 11, closes at uh, 1 in the morning. When, when you go in, do they call you Big Red? <laughs> <laughs> they did until I dyed my hair. <laughs> the Big Red. Did you lose your ring? Ah, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the cartoon, guys. This is a, a sexual thing, so it's apparently okay for the fetus to take in male strippers, but not to to watch a bunch of guys beating each other up on a football field. Which I personally think is hotter. <laughs> Number 33, Polk High. Al knows the answers to sports trivia, but he can't read the phone number on the bottom of the screen to call it in. He calls the wrong number... Huh? No, I'm not Jim Landis. I'm answering the question. Jim Landis. What do you mean, Fish? Fish didn't play center field. Fish was a spinoff on Barney Miller. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Why would I call a fish store? I think he got the wrong number, Al. No, I didn't. I saw those numbers just as plain as I see B. Arthur's face on that TV. That's Fidel Castro. <laughs> that's an honest mistake. Uh, I ex what's funny is when he made that B. Arthur joke, I cracked up because I was expecting earlier in the episode when it was the Raymond Burr thing, I ex or somewhere around in there, I was expecting him to make a B. Arthur joke, and it was and he went Delta Burke instead of B. Arthur. So when this time it was B. Arthur, I'm like whoa! Uh, like it was just it was funny because. But if you think of female celebrity being confused with men, B. Arthur is is an automatic. You know, like even when she was on anybody, when she would do roasts. Wow, for people, what did B. Arthur ever do to you? No, it was a, it's a it was a common thing. Even when she would do like she would go on roasts for people, that was one of the jokes that was that somebody always made those jokes about her that she was very manly because she was just tall and you know. Yeah, if you remember Golden Girls, she was like the tall, like sort of manly, yeah, girl on the she show. She was always, and even when she was a, when she had her show Maud, you know, she always had the voice like that. She always had a very deep voice. She was always very tall, very. I like very it manish. when they sound like they smoke two packs a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was actually Golden Girls. Really, was a good show. Like I never, I love Golden Girls. Yeah, I never made a point to watch it, but. In the 80s and stuff, late 80s, early 90s, I don't know, I guess it was on, or in my, anytime I sat there and watched it, it always was good. Like, it was never really bad, ever. Well, yeah, and we're, we're going to change over. Come join us on <laughs> Tuesday mornings for brunch and coffee with the Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> there probably is one, or maybe even multiple ones, because it has gotten a resurgence in the last couple, in the last several years, not even a couple, but mm -hmm. it's very popular. That's true. Kenneth literally just got a Golden Girls shirt. She was also famous for Maud, which was an episode, uh, a show that was just about, she was like the main character even before Golden Girls, because that ended in 78, and Golden Girls didn't start till 85. Um, and then she was also in the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. She was so tall, she played Chewbacca. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Akmina, I mean. 
<laughs> Nobody's answered our question yet. Someone should know this. We're going to flash the number one more time. <laughs> got it! Jim Landis. Hold everything. We've got a winner. <laughs> my name? Uh, Jefferson Darcy. That's my money. You, I'm sorry, Al. you got to be quicker. It's a young man's world. <laughs> <laughs> So Jefferson calls in the answer instead of Al, because Al gave him the answer but can't call himself. So they look like they're having a nice buddy moment, hugging each other, laughing together. Uh, the next scene, it turns out Al put Jefferson through the front door. And there is a perfect uh, Warner Brothers Looney Tune cutout through the door of Jefferson's silhouette. Uh, so that was funny. He put him through the door. It didn't crack or anything. It actually just like a cookie cutter. It did. Pretty amazing. It, it's actually really weird when you look at it. Because like the arm that's towards the side where the, the closet door is looks like like it has no elbow. Like it's just from the elbow down attached to his body. And then his other one is next to the light switch doing some weird weird bendy thing and and he looks way too short like his legs are stubby yeah he's like it does not look good when you really look at it then let's not do that (laughs) whoever put this picture on the internet you have disserviced the show oh yeah it's better to look at as a glance isn't it amazing that someone sat there and did all that and if you time it like we probably looked at it for a whole three seconds and somebody probably spent like two hours doing that. Yeah, more. exactly. How often do you do door cutouts? Uh, I'd say once every three months, probably. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Who are you throwing through doors, though? Uh, young men. It's a young man's world. From Chippendales? Sure. I've done that once. Oh. Did someone show up to return Tiffany's ring? Yeah. <laughs> Zorro. And then I threw Jake through the door, too. Because he had a brother named Mongo. Jake from State Farm? Nope. (laughs) So, um, uh, what I think is funny about that scene is that Kelly pokes her head through the hole, asks him what happened, and then opens the door to come in. She could (laughs) have just stepped through the hole, but I just thought that was, I thought that was funny. Oh, Kelly's legs were killing me this episode. Did you see her in those short skirts and the angles they kept getting her when she was sitting on the couch? Oh, God. What, is there any guys on this show? Hello? <laughs> you know, she is a professional cross-dresser. Or cross-dresser. Leg crosser. Yes. <laughs> a professional cross-dresser. <laughs> She's a professional cross-dresser. <laughs> Jerry, do you have any comment on Kelly's legs? You know, I really wish she would have stuck to the tap dancing that Steve was trying to train her in because she would have been, she would have had even better of legs. Wow. I don't know how they could get better. With the help of Steve? Yeah, what do you think? Do you really think he's talking about anything but Steve right now? Um. He doesn't even notice her legs. When he sees her legs, he's like, wow, I bet Steve would have looked good in a skirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never think about Steve in a skirt. I look (laughs) at Kelly and go, you could have made it, kid. You could have been a contender. Yeah. If he only thinks of Steve naked. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, God. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> uh, 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 what? Daddy, what are you doing? What does it look like, honey? I'm watching TV. <laughs> well, turn it off for a second, because I want to talk to you. Sweetheart, the sports question is about to come on. This will only take a minute. Now, I want to talk to you about glasses. I don't need glasses! No, Daddy, you do not want glasses. And I know why. You don't want glasses because you're vain. Because you're feeling old and ugly. <laughs> you don't want to be called a four-eyes, a geek, an owl boy, professor, dorko, poindexter, magoo. Let's see, what else? Goofus. Now that's more if your ears stick out, you know? <laughs> you know, if I made a drinking game out of this show where um, you had to drink every time you were called a, a, a name, Kelly call someone i'd be dead right now you would have had alcohol poisoning yeah because i'm she's sitting there going down the list of all these names and then al adds in a few and i'm just like come on guys i'm 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 right here you're doing this right in front of me right (laughs) i thought you were gonna say if you had to drink every time kelly begins to tell a story to give advice and it ends up being horrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) that happens like her tooth uh her tooth story yes (laughs) I'm not done yet, Dad. Now, let me tell you a little story about a boy I used to date in the fourth grade. He was very handsome. A tight little butt, big blue bedroom eyes. This was in the fourth grade? Well, he was left back a year. (laughs) He did. Who was the guy who played for the Celtics they call the best sixth man in basketball? Frank Ramsey. Thanks, Dad. Go ahead, Anyway, this guy was great. He was the most popular boy in the school. And then one day, he got glasses. And you liked him anyway. God, no, I dumped him right away. (laughs) He looked like an idiot with those glasses. Everybody laughed at him. Ruined his life. I think he ended up in an institution or something. It's a sad story, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Is there a point to all this? Yes, there is. Now, if a guy who had everything to live for got glasses, then there is certainly no reason for you not to. So during this whole thing, Kelly made Al miss the answer, Frank Ramsey, that Celtics question to the sports trip because he's like, he was like, Kelly, the sports thing's coming out. She's like, I know, really quick, though. So he missed that, but asked him what it was, so he called it in instead. So now Al missed $200 total. And God, if they give away $100, like, a loser like Al could just sit there and never go to work because he, he probably would make $100 every what how often, right, compared to the three twenty five at the shoe store. So That's true. He'd make more money staying home answering trivia questions than he would leaving the house and going to work. That's uh, something you might want to consider, Al. I don't know if you're st- still selling shoes right now, but... Then you could... You could use the excuse that you wear your glasses for work. Nobody would even see him. No. And for a guy who has everything to live for, he got glasses. So, I mean, shouldn't be hard (laughs) for nothing like you. Incidentally, uh, Gene Bean Baxter, Baxter, part of the morning radio duo Kevin and Bean on K-Rock in L.A., 
makes a guest appearance as the announcer looking for someone to answer these sporting trivia questions. He had previously appeared as DJ Rick Cool in Season 5's Oldies, but youngins. Absolutely. It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. decides to go to a store to get glasses. He already has his prescription. He knows what he has to pop inside the frames. Relax, Dad. Oh, plenty of cool guys wear glasses. I'm Wally. <laughs> Please don't want me. I'm married. <laughs> then there's hope for my brother. (laughs) Now, Daddy, show him your prescription. Can you see me? (laughs) Just give me some glasses. Of course, sir. Uh, You just go through our veritable myriad of hip and trendy frames. Uh, Mine, for instance, are from our Casanova line. I get more chicks than my friend who's a dry cleaner. Kids, listen. I need some help picking up my frames. I'm afraid I may not know what cool is anymore. You lie. (laughs) The shirt, the pants, and those shoes. Now, surely those are no accident. No, no, on clothes I'm confident, but... I need help with the glasses. See, I'm counting on you guys to help me pick out something cool yet understated. Count on us, big guy. So now he's going there to look cool because uh, it's very important what kind of frames you get when you wear glasses. It has to fit your face. has to be cool in general. And the name of this store is Optique. So Al's afraid he might not know what cool is anymore. No. Not him. Let's just show him the Casanova line. That's where I get mm-hmm. my glasses from. Um, the kids point out the clothes Al wears every day. They aren't cool. Now, how do you feel about that? Because those clothes are perfect Al Bundy. Uh, like, it just seems like it's as classic as anything. Yeah, but classic doesn't always mean cool. Right. Like, if you broke it down, it's like he's not actually dressed cool. No. 
I don't think any. I don't think anyone ever would have ever thought it was right. Thought that he was, but yeah. we also don't think about it at all. That's true. Like I never thought about whether or not he's dressed cool. It was just Al. Yeah, he may as well just be wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. Like Homer Simpson is a white button-down T-shirt or uh, whatever that is he's wearing and blue pants. That's not really cool. <laughs> but but you don't think about it, you know. It's just what it's just we're just so used to seeing these things that I don't know. I never even considered it. So I was kind of disappointed that Grandmaster B was not uh, in this segment because at that point now I'm, we're talking about cool and this and that, and now Bud is just Bud, and uh, <clears throat> like I always say, I'm always expecting Grandmaster B at some point, but we get him a little later. So we get a music montage. Of course, the song playing when Al is trying on his various pairs of glasses is Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. The Bundy Kids also do the dance that the hitchhikers in the music video were doing when when they're helping Al out. And it starts with Kelly, like Al sitting with Kelly, or Al sitting looking at Kelly from behind. And it at first, it, I mean, and then she's like, doing a little asshole one. Mm-hmm. At first it almost seemed inappropriate. <laughs> Cuz it looked like he was it looked yeah. like he was watching her like at a strip club or something. It just, you know, like I was like, "Whoa, why is he watching her?" And then and then it, it you know, got to be it, then I realized it was it's it innocent, but it just was kind of weird. I don't know. Did it did anyone else notice that at all? Did you I, get I, that feeling? I didn't think it was weird just because it's Kelly doing her model thing. So, like, I looked at it more like if your daughter was in, like, a pageant or something and was doing the same thing, you would still be cheering her on because for you, you don't see the sexual side of it because you're the parent as to even if it is sexual, you know? And this is not the first time Kelly's danced uh, and Al watched Kelly dance. No, it's not. I mean, when you say it like that, Alex... <laughs> yeah, Al's watched Kelly dance before uh, in Route 666 Part 1. Now, uh, how did they know to dance, though? Did they hear the music that we heard? Well, they were just having what I've always called TV fun. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I'm being a jerk. Yeah, because I've never once had this much fun going and getting glasses. <laughs> going and getting glasses is awful. No, none of the frames look right on your face. Right. And it, it, it never works. I've never once done whatever the hell Al was doing when he had his silver glasses on his face. Ugh. Like, the, that was the weirdest funky chicken I've ever seen. He is the worst dancer, but it's so funny. This is when he he legitimately looks old, even though he's not old. I mean, he's, you know, 40, but... It, he, he's doing what I call the old man dance, and it's. And I often wondered, like, when is it that men actually start to get to the point where they dance that way? Alex? Uh, I haven't yet, and I'm 39. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we get your wife to verify this? <laughs> I always think of if anyone had ever has ever watched Maury Povich, and um, whenever somebody would. Whenever there was anything on his show that involved somebody coming out dancing or it was supposed to be cool or anything like that, he would always do this weird 
old man dance. And then I realized that old men all dance exactly the same. Right. Well, Al's 45 here. And it's very awkward. Yeah. But that's not old. Like, it's it's too young to be doing the old man dance. Well, that means I have to do it in six years. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I got to say, like, for two youths who are supposed to be there. Did you say youths? What is a youth? <laughs> the two youths. I think I think youth is Canadian for youth. <laughs> uh, they were supposed to guide him into coolness. I mean, we just had this conversation, and God, they could not have picked a worse array of glasses to choose from. I mean, what in the hell? <laughs> yeah, how does he not know that they're messing with him? Maybe he was having TV fun, too. Yeah, this this literally, you have to suspend anything that we try to accomplish on this podcast during this whole montage, because it just doesn't make any sense, and you can't fault it either, because it's great. You can't. That means you don't know how to have fun. If you actually fault this sequence, because it makes zero sense, but it's fun, he the f- dancing's funny. The kids are fun. It's just a great time. But God, it is the worst choices for glasses ever. It's just insane. So Al comes home. <clears throat> and by the way, when he comes home, do you guys notice anything weird? Uh, the door is fixed and the bowl of fruit is now just a banana. Very good, man. You have an eagle eye. See, you don't need glasses. I do need glasses. I with even with my glasses, I was still like six inches away from the TV. Oh, you gotta get four K TV, man. I have a four K TV. That's the problem. Oh, uh, uh. and a four K Blu Ray player. I'm upscaling everything. May I present the man with the goo goo googly eyes, Specs Bundy. <laughs> I can't believe how cool I look. Hey, kids. <laughs> Uh, and Al's glasses aren't cool at all. Like, now now we're out of the montage, we're out of the TV fun, and they still did not hook him up. Yeah, but the, the glasses in the 90s, there's not that right. many cool ones unless you're buying, like, high-end designer ones. And let's be honest, Al's not going to pull off designer glasses. Hmm. He's just going to look like a pervert who should probably ne- never wear a trench coat at the same time wearing those glasses. Well, and at this point, he could have got he could have ended up with Jeffrey Dahmer glasses, which were very popular at the time. Like a lot of guys were wearing those glasses, and yeah, eh, and that literally makes you look like a serial killer. Yeah, but those glasses get you laid. Those are from the cat. The little known fact: the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses from the Casanova line. (laughs) 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 Pretty proud moment, eh, Kel? This is how the young Redenbachers must feel. <laughs> Bud makes a comment on feeling like the young Redenbacher, making a reference to everyone knows this, I'm sure, Orville Redenbacher, who used to promote his name brand popcorn in TV commercials with his grandson, Gary. Orville Redenbacher popcorn. Yo, who the hell is Gary? I don't remember a kid named Gary. Gary. Who's Gary. Look again! It's Gary! It's our boy, Gary! He's our 16-year-old boy! 
I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Lucy, and I want you to shut up. Ew! Ew, that was Gary! Who is this Gary character? He basically looked just like him, only he had black hair. I think. Ah. Pretty sure that's the, <clears throat> that it was. I'm pretty sure that the person I'm thinking of is Gary. Who the hell is Gary? That's what I'm like. I don't remember Gary. I thought you were doing a weird science reference. No, <laughs> I legitimately don't remember a Gary. I don't know who this guy is. No. <laughs> hey kids, watch this. TV guys, see vous play. There he is, big as life. Raymond Burr. It's Delta Burke, Dad. Delta Burke, Raymond Burr, City of Seattle. What's the difference? Yeah, he said it was an honest mistake. It had nothing to do with being blind, and they proved it here because now he's not, and uh, he still did it. So that is a great callback joke to something earlier in the episode. Kids will ride around with Al... If okay, so this is where jokes go wrong, in my opinion. Um, Who wants to take a ride with Daddy in the car and read some billboards from very long distance? Wow, you mean a chance to cruise in the Dadmobile? <laughs> Listen, Dad, if we pick up on some chicks, will you put your sunglasses on and say you is one fine woman? Yeah, I'll go too, Daddy, but only if we can cruise by some of my friends and you stick out your teeth like a horse and go. Hi, girls. I'm Kelly's dad. Was that funny to you? Not really. No, no. I thought Buds was. It seemed like low-hanging fruit. Right. Yeah, I thought Buds was okay, but Kelly's just Ugh. was not. That that one was really bad. The voice was just bad, and, and the joke was bad. N- not good. And I get it. It's a classic joke of you're going to embarrass me in front of my friends like all parents do. Yeah, that just, uh, pretty lame. It Jokes like that belong on a very corny sitcom. Hmm. You know, not on something like this. No, that was just... I, I don't know. That dancing montage does make me feel like this is a corny enough episode. Yeah. It is, but I just feel like those jokes belong on a lesser... On a, on a less well-written show, you know? I think those jokes belong on a more on a show for children, right? Or something really ultra ultra wholesome, like Growing Pains or something. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, it just doesn't fit here. I don't remember Gabri- Gabrielle Topping ever writing an episode of Married with Children. No, I guess. Well, no, maybe. Let me see. So apparently, she wrote "Can't Dance, Don't Ask Me," "Hot Off the Grill," "Al with Kelly." Hey. Oh wow. No, no, no. Can't dance, don't ask me, hot off the grill, and out with Kelly. It says story by. Okay. Okay, so she came up with a general idea for the episode. Right. Now, for if I could see me now and Kelly doesn't live here anymore, it says written by. So maybe she's good at broad strokes. Clearly, because those are great episodes. But when we need someone to fine-tune every little line, yeah. Yeah. She's not exactly a dialogue person. Not really. Even though this episode is pretty pretty strong, though. But maybe she just doesn't... She can't knock it completely out of the park. Amanda was fixing everything behind the camera. Yeah. So you're suddenly ashamed to be seen with old dad, eh? Well, I wouldn't say suddenly. <laughs> you know, your 
your people reek. What's bothering you is not that I have glasses, but that I'm happy. Well, get ready for a life of misery because I shall continue to be happy with my new 2020 vision. Now, I'm about to go out and partake of some of the beauty which our fair city affords us. If you uh, need me, I'll be at the nudie bar. <laughs> Al went to the nudie bar. Such a big deal on our show. So now Al actually gets to see what he's looking at. I thought the joke was hilarious, though. You can finally see in the first thing, and, and you're like, time to see the beauty this fair city affords us. And then, like, you, so you say this high, pronounced thing, and then you immediately follow it up with, I'm going to go look at naked women. Yeah, that is actually great. <laughs> <laughs> so Grandmaster B is back. He's with a girl on the phone. Yeah, babe, well, I guess old Grandmaster B can fit you into his schedule. <laughs> Let's see, uh, how's Friday at 9? Well, 10's okay, too. Well, look, it doesn't have to be Friday. Uh-huh. Well, then it's settled. I'll call you again. Well, well do you have any idea when hell is supposed to freeze over? Cross-dresser B. Oddly enough, still getting rejected. I guess if she can't see him in the hat and the Raider starter, then, you know, it just doesn't have the same effect because it's essentially just Bud Bundy calling him. Yeah, I gotta say, though, I love that. When do you think hell is freezing over line? That, that, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> when are y'all gonna reach out to Grandmaster B to, um, do, like, a theme song for y'all? Dude, we contacted his agent and haven't heard back yet. Yeah, like I could, I could, I can almost hear it in my head, you know, Grandmaster B back on to NWC. It writes itself. He should be, he should be able to knock this out easily. Grandmaster B doing a guest appearance on MWCP. G. G. I don't know. Like that Wee. seems like the obvious <laughs> gu- guest on this show. I don't understand. He's heard about it. Christine P.A. met him a, a, a month or two ago, and she told him, and he said he'll have to... He, but oddly enough, like, when she said it, he was like, oh, wow, cool, I'll have to check it out. Meanwhile, I tagged him in, like, 50 episodes on... If you had to give someone from Married with Children, you know, uh, an episode to listen to, to bring this them on the show, you know, I'll even be nice, two episodes, hmm. to bring them on... The show that they've got to hear these episodes and think they're so great that they will come and do an interview. What two shows would you give them? Well, I could th- I could think of good ones, but the thing is, the way I would see it is they'd have to be like the greatest first five to seven minutes ever. Yeah, because they're not gonna if you don't if it doesn't start out and grab them, they're not gonna take the time to right listen to the whole thing. Like, our Sam Kennison Christmas one was probably one of the best ones we ever did, but that's what everybody told us. But um, I listened back during Christmas, and the first five to seven minutes weren't really that great. But if the person stuck with it, they'd see by the end why we do this. But Interesting. Well, I'll throw it to the Facebook group, because I, I, I would like to know, Facebook group, if you had to, to show, you know, Al Bundy... Uh, Katie Seagal, whoever, someone from the show, an episode of the Mary with Children podcast. 
to get them to come on, what episode would you give them? What is your favorite episode done so far? What are you, what are you hooking them with? Because I, I want to know. I think it, that would be interesting to see what people would use to get them. You know what I would if it was for if it was for Al, I would show him the baseball episode. Yeah. Or not show him. I would have him listen to the baseball episode because I think that really illustrates how much we love that character and how um, how much we appreciate it when he actually has um, when he's revered, you know, which isn't all that often. <laughs> no. But I think that's a good one for him. Like if I if I were him and I heard someone like cry about my character, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, I'll do it. These guys seem to I'd really appreciate care. it. You know. Yeah. Now I appreciate the fact that Kelly made customer of the week at the free clinic. Again. Hmm. I mean, her going to the clinic is so hot because you know what that means. Penicillin? Yeah, but why does she need it? STDs? That's so sexy. I'm super confused right now. <laughs> that means she's doing it. It's cool. I mean, we've known she's been doing it since the change hit the floor next to her bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep the line moving, bossy. Come on. So. <laughs> so Kelly was talking to the girls about how ugly Bud is. And they ended up making a computer composite of Bud at 30 because without genes, he will be bald and blind and apparently a scientist who's a hunchback, according to that picture. Yeah, I that can't was wait to see him in a future joke. Frankenstein movie. <laughs> yeah, another hunchback. Uh, yeah, another joke that I felt they spent a lot of time on and... Again, and it was. Did that not just seem like a random? And I assumed that photo was referencing something, but I don't. I didn't get it. I could not find from where it came from. I could not find anything that said was because it doesn't look like they drew it for Bud. It looks no, like they just. It looks like it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like an established thing. Yeah, they were intentionally using that yeah. picture, and I don't. I, it doesn't look familiar to me, and I don't. And if so, I hate when I don't get jokes. Well, like, here's <laughs> and I don't here's get what it. I assume. I assume that someone on the staff did draw it for the show because I'm I'm assuming that if it if it was taken from somewhere else, they would have to get copyrights cleared or something like that. So someone did draw it for the show. They someone just. Obviously, didn't check it until right before they had to show it to be like, "Oh, that looks nothing like Bud." I don't understand this. It looks so specific, though. It looks like it's a it's a scientist. Yeah, it does look like a scientist. Which I guess that was her trying to be like, "Oh, you're a nerd," you know. Hmm. Also, he's not even I, like I couldn't tell like he's not even really wearing glasses, and if he is, you can't see them from those huge eyebrows he has yeah he has big <laughs> eyes and black big black eyebrows it's the weird i just don't get it it's another failed joke i'm sorry yeah yeah that that one for sure <clears throat> twice kelly just this is her worst episode when it comes to <laughs> her sense of humor bless you oh sorry i'm i thought i muted it i'm so sorry <laughs> oh no and i'm gonna leave it in 
<laughs> I want the, I want some realism on this show. I don't want no more perfection. <laughs> so that's why you had me on this episode. Oh man. No more perfection. Jerry, that just means I'm going to get yelled at after the show. Well, I won't be here for it. So ha. Huh? <laughs> Now, we forgot to mention that Wally, this guy uh, at the Optique, uh, the nerd who said he gets more chicks than his buddy who's a uh, dry cleaner. A dry cleaner, yeah. He was in just one of the guys, Gloria, Love Streams, and Rebel Highway. And he is also known for being on Designing Women. Oh! He was on one episode, Hard Hats and Lovers. Seriously, who has the like? Who's got the thing for designing women on this episode? Because this is literally well, it was three or four uh, different jokes on it. It was written by a woman and it was directed by a woman. So Gabrielle Topping that makes sense. That would because then this episode is designed by a woman. Ooh, Ooh wow! Which makes them designing women. Mm-hmm. You know, Kel. I draw a picture of you at 25, but I don't have a large enough piece of paper. <laughs> Bud predicts Kelly will be overweight by 25 years old. He was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he thought she would be overweight because I, if you look at her mom, if she can go on the bonbon and cigarette diet, so can Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Thank God Dad's home that you put an end to the cruelty in this house. How's it going, Bottles? <laughs> you know, kids, eyesight is a curse. You can see everything. <laughs> My car, for instance. Have you ever noticed how ugly Daddy's car is? Uh, well, you gotta catch it on the right day. You know, the sun glinting off the rust. The cloth that you use as a gas cap flapping gently in the wind as it's being proudly towed towards its destination. Yeah, well, I try to explain my job. Now, let me tell you something. People who work putting shoes on fat women who wear dresses should not have 20-20 vision. I saw things on human legs today that would have put a white flag in Schwarzkopf's head. <laughs> and you know the worst part? You actually saw your paycheck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I sent it back because it just can't be right. And Al, instead of like it being like a real thing, like else. he actually finally saw his paycheck, he replies with a sarcastic remark back about how he sent it back because it's got to be a mistake. Like, it's him going along with the joke. Like, I didn't take it serious. Right. And going that route made the joke hilarious to me. Every day at 3 o'clock, I see this girl that works down at the aerobic shop. You know, she flirts with me. I flirt with her. It's nothing that gets you through the day. Anyway, I always thought she was pretty, but today I saw her and she's 40. I mean, 40. I mean, she's old. But Dad, you're over 40. Yeah, but I'm a guy, so it's totally different. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I can't believe it. She's not a girl. She's a woman. Oh. Well, did she like your new glasses? What the hell do I care what a 40-year-old woman thinks? I don't see a problem with flirting with a 40-year-old. I will holler at a 40-year-old. 
Thank you. So he notices how ugly the house is. Then he picks up a picture of Peg and is really shocked. <laughs> what the hell is this? What the hell is this? <laughs> that's, that's your wife. <laughs> uh, then we get to like a really kind of sad moment. Al looks in a mirror and sees his wrinkles and his bald head. Wrinkles. Now, I never saw those before. What happened to the top of my head? I'm an old man. My life is really over. I feel it, though, because the day, like, my hairline starts receding... Is I, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be very upset because like the one thing I have is nice thick hair. Oh, your hair is so beautiful. It's so nice. I want to buy you a brush just so I know that something I gave you ran through that beautiful hair. Oh, you did, and it's happening today. I got a heat brush, and I'm gonna use it today. All right. It's gonna be sexy. I wonder if people would think it's weird that you and I like constantly talk about our hair to each other and send each other videos of our hair. <laughs> It's a guy thing, man. Once you have long hair, you gotta say, so is it as horrible for you as it is for me? <laughs> Jamie, what do you think? The fact that it, that we send each other things about our hair and pictures and videos of our hair? And, and uh, keep in mind, it's our journey, though, Jamie, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I am used to Alex being obsessed with things like that about himself. And I don't mean that, it, no, and I don't mean that in a conceited way. I mean, it, it's like he'll, he'll, it changes though, and over the in the years that I've known him, it'll you know it's always something different. <laughs> but there's always something that that he's working on, or he's or either working out, he's dieting, he's yeah, changes or, hair, you know, motorcycles, beards. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something, you know. My, I don't know. So my hair is the only g- thing on my body that's not medically breaking down, so that's the only reason I care at this point. I'm just like it. It's the only thing that works properly yes but you have to evolve as a person so you have to keep it moving you cannot if you're obsessed on one thing your whole life that's when you're flat out referred to as crazy (laughs) so the camera shows us al's eyesight with the glasses on and off so that's cool and al can't see anything man no wonder why the kids hair looked like that in the beginning episode when they were driving with him he was driving like my wife does (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you she is the worst she's not here right okay good (laughs) two o'clock two (laughs) o'clock did you tell jerry about that no last week oh god that was so funny i'll tell him al takes (laughs) off his glasses and stomps on them he would rather not see the world for what it really is because if he actually no, when he actually saw his life, his surroundings, his paycheck, his car, his wife, he didn't like any of it. <laughs> the lesson here, kids, is ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to choose not to know. Yeah. I feel better already. <laughs> Al Bundy is back. Al Bundy is back. 
So that's how they do the thing where, uh, not that, you know, obviously this is a show that does evolve and episodes do change future episodes, but the classic TV thing is that, especially the Simpsons thrive on this, like with Homer getting a new job 50 times throughout the last 30 years. Um, the whole thing is you always have to find a way to bring it back and t- and make sure that whatever happened in this episode stays in this episode. So we're not going to see Al Bundy with glasses for the re- for the duration of Married with Children. Uh, this is how they tie it in a nice bow. And, and this is one of the things Gabrielle Topping did well. She was able, like Jerry said in the beginning, it, it's the perfect way to do a glasses episode and, and not have it affect anything else. It's the perfect reason to to not want them. You know, kids, this is a lesson. Now, I may not see too well. I may kill a few people on the streets and occasionally drive into a river. (laughs) But it's better than looking stupid. That line almost doesn't make any sense because he didn't get rid of the glasses because he looked stupid. He got rid of the glasses because of what he saw. So I don't understand. She kind of misstepped there at that last line. I mean, it's... Okay, so I want there, – there's something I've been wanting to talk about this episode, and I've been waiting for this line to do it. How does this episode treat the Al Bundy character? He bounces around from not wanting to look stupid and dumb with glasses, but he does a whole goofy montage where he lets him, his kids put him in Elton John glasses, and he dances around like a fool – so he doesn't want to look dumb, but then he lets his kids treat him like that. And then towards the end of it, you it's not him. It's him admitting that his life is miserable and he'd rather go back to a way that made his life a little less clear how miserable it was. But then you turn around right there and end it with, I, I'd rather not be able to see than to look stupid. It doesn't, it almost it feels like the writer did not clearly understand the Al Bundy character and kind of flip-flops him a few times in the episode. Al Bundy always thinks of himself as cool. You know, he thinks he's a man. You hear him when he talks to other men, how he presents himself as cool and all this. And normally when he talks to his kids, he has an air of confidence to him. Um, yeah, people take shots at him, but it's you go back to the speech he gave the librarian uh, before he put sugar in her tank. You know, no matter how miserable his life is, he still is up there doing it. And this episode almost feels like a betraying of the character. And like we said, this is clearly an episode you need to, like, take your own glasses off and just enjoy the ride and not get super deep into it but since i've went through and i've enjoyed the ride i've talked about i i did want to throw it to y'all if you actually think about it do you feel like this episode is kind of disrespectful to the al bundy character as this has evolved he's gotten more cartoonish he's done things that are not cool he has done weird dancing like in oldies but youngins he's there's been a, a lot of instances of goofiness. But do you feel that that goofiness, when he does that goofiness, do you feel like he thinks he's cool while doing it? Because in this episode, I don't feel like he, he fully admits he's lost 
what he thinks cool is right. and kind of is either actively, knowingly letting his kids take advantage of him to make fun of him so that they will help him. Right. But in that instance, you got to remember, while they're handing him those glasses, he doesn't really know what they look like. And when he even has them on, they don't have his prescription inside those frames. So he doesn't ever really see what he looks like. He has no idea what he's what he's doing. That's a valid point, and I would argue that he could feel... He's also the, not looking in a mirror. Yeah, and I'd argue that he should be able to feel the giant silver wings, but he can't tell the difference between a banana and a remote, so I'll throw that argument out the window. Yeah, so he do, he probably thinks they're handing him cool stuff, and that he's dancing like he thinks he's cool, but he's old, so he dances like a, a goober a bit, you know, and it's like, you know... Um, so, no, I don't think it's betraying. I think it's just, it's doing that evolve, and this is Al Bundy now. He's, he's, like Marcy said in our interview, he eventually became Homer Simpson. Um, he's not exactly Homer yet. He's still riding a very fine line here. Um, by the time we get to season eight, I'm gonna say, he's full-on Homer Simpson. But, no, um... He's just progressing. It's just, uh, he's easing into it still, I believe. I do want not understand the final line. It's great. It's showing, it's, it's classic Al Bundy stuff saying, but it's better than looking stupid. But the point that we just said, it's not, that's not why you did it though. So what are you They should have had Kelly say the line. Well, dad, at least you don't look stupid now. Yeah, let someone else tell him that, right. That would have been way better. Because I think you're right. Obviously, this episode now represents... Us as the audience accepting that Al is no longer as cool as he used to be and is now going to slide more into the the goofiness. And it is clear to us now that we have our own glasses and can see this. And it's kind of like saying, hey, you need to accept this because it's going to get goofier. Because when I was watching this episode, it made me miss the sharp wit of Al. Like, I didn't feel like his dialogue in this episode would – that great like while the episode is fun there's no quotes that i would really want to throw out for al bundy in this episode well that's that's gabrielle man i mean that that's what it is it's uh, you're right you're he's had sharp wit in the last episode though buck was having a sympathetic pregnancy and then um or no no uh, uh well he was but um jefferson was having one and he was complaining about his breasts and this and that so Peg goes, how come you're not uh, feeling anything? How come you're not complaining about breast swell and blah, blah? And then Al goes, well, when you don't have any, you can't complain. And he turns to Mars and he goes, tell him, Mars. <laughs> so he has that just an episode ago, and he does it plenty throughout that episode. But this one, it really is a case of a, a woman who should be sticking to broad strokes writing an entire episode. Yeah, the dialogue just really needed to be tightened up for this episode. But as for, like, a episode that's mostly motivated by visual jokes, mm-hmm. it's pretty good on that aspect. Right, and that's why it, it works. So so Al's fi- it ends off with Al watching a Western, thinking he's watching Designing Women once again. So, oh, and just a side note, Ed O'Neill eventually did need glasses in his life. He just celebrated his 73rd birthday about a week ago, and he wears glasses. But I don't think his life is as ugly as Al's, so I think it's okay. 
No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, all right, all right. How many sports trivia questions did we miss while recording this episode of the Married with Children podcast out of five for this episode, Cherry? I am going to go with a three. The The episode works very well visually, um, but it's, it's dialogue was, was kind of weak. There, there's a few good lines. Like I do actually like um, Kelly making fun of the grandmaster, grandmaster B name by saying cross Jester B and grandpappy B and bell ringer B. Those were funny. And, and the hell freezing overline there, there's at least five really good dialogue shots in this episode, but I just didn't feel like it held up on Al's end. So if I wanted to turn off my brain and just laugh a few times, I may watch this episode again, but I can still think of other visual episodes that are funnier, like Al trying to, you know, kill a mouse. Mm, Right. So I'll stick with three. It wasn't a bad episode. It just wasn't amazing. Right. How many sports trivia questions are you missing out of five while recording this episode for this episode? Jamie. <laughs> God, that's hard to do. Uh, I'm going to say I missed 3.5. I kind of caught the tail end of one, I guess. Uh, hmm. it, while I do think it is a funny episode, and I do like the fact that we're away from the baby for a while, um, even though it's – it if. Uh, it's under sad circumstances and I am sorry about that. You know, that's, that is devastating. And, uh, you know, 20 years later, I, (laughs) I'm sorry, um, that she went through that. But at the same time, it was getting really hard to keep making the same jokes over and over and over again about the baby. So I am happy to have a departure from that. And I always enjoy it when Al's with the kids you know, and whenever when they're all together doing things together, I think that that's fun. So, I did I did really enjoy this. I don't think every joke landed completely, but uh, for the most part, you know, I had a good time with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna miss four out of five sports trivia questions. I almost went four. I did. Yeah, because I really do like it. It's weird. I didn't think I would. Whenever an episode is based on one thing, I always feel like I'm not going to like it. But I got to say, this show really does that well. Because every time I think that, I'm I'm mistaken by the time we give it a full examination. The thing is, the writing isn't killing it every minute. I do want to do a side note, though, that the directing was good. Amanda Burst did a great directorial debut here. The Glasses Shop... 
that was a great set. Everything was cool there. They had a, a fun time there. It was just a good, fun show. Like, I don't know. There's not too much detail I could give about it because it's sort of just, like Jerry said, more visual than anything, uh, at least seemingly. There are jokes that bomb, which is odd for this show. Um, But then they have jokes that really tie well together, like confusing Delta Burke twice, the Bridges Here Street, the fish hacking up in the river because it's so polluted. The sports trivia thing is a good little, uh, little moment. The putting Jefferson through the front door, that's just telling you where the show is going. It's like a Looney Tune thing right there. But they still didn't overdo it. Al being goofy and dancing is always great. Uh, we got a little Grandmaster B. And obviously, again, and we hate saying this, but the best part about this episode was that there was no pregnancy stuff, really. So um, it's just something we just were dying to get away from the last two to three episodes. I remember we mentioned, like... We eventually felt like we've had enough, and sadly enough, it, it had to come to an end for a sad circumstance. So we are all sorry about that to Katie Seagull. Uh, she wrote a lot about that in her uh, book that she just came out with, I think, last year. I forgot the name of it. But... If my eyesight was better, I'd be able to look over on the shelf and tell you. <clears throat> See? There you go. Live like Al Bundy and, and don't be able to contribute. To the Married with Children podcast. So, yeah, <clears throat> that's all. <clears throat> Four out of five. I really liked it despite those issues. Tune in next week as we review God's Shoes. Al gets a divine inspiration and feels it is his duty to manufacture a mass market God's Shoes. Jerry, thank you for coming on the show. It was great talking to you again, man. Always. I also want to say, uh, I, I just got done listening to a podcast about Joseph Callinger, who also had God speak to him to tell him to create uh, perfect shoes that would save the world. Really? He then murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, so it's kind of like, it's just one of those random coincidence things that always happen when anyone's involved with you, Alex. I know. It is weird. I randomly show up on an episode, and it happens to have Raymond Burr from Godzilla in it. The next episode is literally about God telling him to to make perfect shoes, and I just got done listening to a podcast about a guy in real life who who thinks God told him to make perfect shoes to save the world. Well, now we have to reference that in the next episode. Yeah. Joseph Callinger. Look it up. Uh, Podcast is last podcast on the left. They're... Fantastic. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on. We, uh, you know, everybody expected you to be back when we do a Steve show, but we felt it was just far too long since we had Jerry on the show. So what the hell? Who's going to wait? Hey, you never know when I'm going to show up, guys. Just when you think you're you're rid of me, here I come with a Steve reference. <laughs> yes. I have terrible health, but I still show up every once in a while. Let's not forget Steve. 